I want to present what I consider to be an original interpretation of the poem story another time. And it's, ma- and it's aftermath. And it's aftermath. And um, the truth is, I've done, as you all know, uh, McGill many times. But you do see things you don't notice before. There is truth to that. You do see things you don't notice before. And so, especially since they got this new Gemara, with the, it's more fun to read the Rashi closely and the Tosis closely, the ones you're interested in. And frankly, the Marshall is nice to print also, so it's um, it's more uh, inviting. I'm not. I'm talking about, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, like Adam, you should get this. Look at this. The Ozra Hutter or whatever it is came out. The whole shot. That looks the same thing I saw two weeks ago. I don't know why that different. He didn't see it two weeks ago. Now, um, I'll tell you, I, I, I'll tell you where I'm, what, what I was thinking about. We're going with this. We have a, as everybody knows, and I'm not speaking now in funny sense, but we also say there's a din of Mordechai. As everyone knows about drinking, so you can't tell the difference one and the other. So you don't know, those two words. Hold on, what's hold for a second? What does this mean? I'm going to take this systematically. Uh, I'm going to try to. First of all, is this phrase literal or rhetorical? That's the first question. I'll start again. Is this phrase literal or rhetorical? Okay. I'll start again. Is this phrase literal or rhetorical? According to the Koba, which is in the Ramah, and we did this, Jonathan and I, had until a couple weeks ago, for Mincha, it is rhetorical. In other words, Yesham the Inu Tzarchli Shtaker Kolkach El Shiyishti Yosmi Lemudo. That when it says you drink till you don't do drink to one or the other, it just means you drink a little more than usual. Yishtaker ain't Tzarchli Shtaker Kolkach. You don't get so drunk. El Yishti Yosmi Lemudo more than the regular, right? So ordinarily on a Tuesday you wouldn't drink a glass of wine. So that's it. In other words, when it says according to that, it's a hi. Sit down, please, please. Others say it's not rhetorical. It is literal, but they argue over how literal. The Tosa says, the Tosa says that the actual phrase is like this. So when you drink to the point you can't remember those words, which is not most of you probably can remember to this second. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it doesn't, to say, this is what Tosa says. To say, you've got to get majorly stoned. That's like saying you can't remember the difference between Bernie and Trump. You know what I mean? No, this, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you, you, you have to get pretty wasted to do that. But if I asked a question between James Buchanan and uh, Edward Everett, you know, something like that. So, uh, you know, that would be a different story, right? <laughs> now, wait a second. So, they argue about how literal it is. Tosa says that the phrase is longer. And 
In other words, you get sufficiently drunk, you can't recite the entire phrase, which of course requires less drinking than the amount it would take to be unable to say Arham of Baruch Mordechai, because in the words of the Beis Yosef, the evening Arham of Baruch Mordechai, Afilu Shasa Tuvalo Toibe. Right? You know, in other words, that's a different requirement. Uh, you'd have to be so so bombed you couldn't remember a simple phrase. But to fail to remember the longer phrase doesn't require that much drinking, just a mellow amount. Along similar lines, and this is what he's trying to chop me ice. These are all famous. Others say it's a long, complicated, medieval, Talmudic, Kaliri poem. You know, there's such a, the Beisiosa brings that down. That used to be something with, Ed, Ed, the refrain was Bar Haman, and it was Bar Mordecai. So, you know, like Barbara Fritchie, you know, you know you have, I remember all the phrases in between. Right? Yeah, you know, well, you know. Should if you must this old gray head, but spare your country's flags, he says. Right? So, uh, you'd have to be told, but to remember, Frederick Maryland. Frederick Maryland. Yeah. So said, actually, actually, most sober people would not remember such a complicated poem. Uh, or maybe it refers to the gematria, like you said, someone would suggest that. In all these interpretations, the phrase is not mamish. It doesn't mean adlo yodav of Mordechai. Rather, means something different, right? You don't have to get that drunk. That's one school. That's one school of thought. The Bach, Lubavitch doesn't count this. We're putting them aside. So he says the Bach, by contrast, the Bach, on the side of the Beis Yosef, says it's literal. The Bach says on the nearest daiti kibshuto, the tzarich yistaka harbe ad lo yoda klal machil min orham baruch mordechai. Then you got to really go. That's wrong, right? Okay? I'm just telling what it says. Alright? You gotta be like totally bummed. How, how drunk was Lot? You have to keep separating for your family, obviously. Yeah, they're fathering two children by his daughters, you know? Uh, oh, but that's true, you know. That's not a expression for Voldemort, but, you know. No, I, 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 I read that here. And he goes, wait a minute, which the, which the Bach defines is, Sarach listos harbim limudo, sheyitiv lidav amishta, v'yeshosa yuafilu shikar, sheyinu yuachodav v'lfnei amelech. Rach sheyitai to olav. Which means, you're just short of totally bombed. I mean, literally, you know, you're one inch away from delirium. That's what he said, you know, because that's a different story. Delirium is a different story. But one inch away from that, which is a lot of people on Shabbos in this town, you know. <laughs> I know, but we're not going that. I know that. I know, 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 I know. I'm sticking with the early acronym. Yeah, I know. There's a re- Anybody wants all that stuff to get from Zevin, and I'm serious. But, yeah, yeah, yeah right. and there's a vein of Ephraim and all that. I'm not going there this year. I'm not where I'm going. Now, this question, the stuff that Ellie's talking about, we've covered in many earlier years. This question this year led me in different directions. First to the Bach in Tough Race Tidy Hay, which we did in Shoal with me and Jonathan, who speculates on, now listen to this closely, who speculates on why did Mordecai and Esther institute Shalach Mordecai of Tzavion? You don't have to be any of holiday. And they made Nicker part that we all know is part of the holiday form. You got to do Micker Megillah. That is true. That's true. But even if you didn't do Micker Megillah, let's say you didn't have Megillah, you still got to do Matanas of Yonin. You still got to do Shalom. So why did they do that? Okay? And I'm talking about the Bach and not what you heard elsewhere. Okay? So, oh, look at that. <laughs> there he goes. He says, um, so listen to this closely. 
The Bach, because it's extended, nearly Matam Monos Matonus Elu, the Bach, who lived in the 1600s, says he thinks for the reason Shalach Matonus, Shalach Monos Matonus Yanim, Kedeshi Asimcha Koleles Avodus Yotzerkol, Behem Matonus of Yanim, Begamkin Koleles Simchus Onim over Reave Hamonos. That they wanted, Mordechai and Esther, when they created this holiday, and they created a holiday called Purim, they wanted to be characterized by two types of Simcha, A and B. One is, a uh, 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 religious simcha, you know, a uh, divine simcha, you might say, avodas yotzer kol, and how do you serve God? You give matanos of yonim, but also a social one, which is a different type of simcha, and that's shalach monos, monos Now, v'yosah tshuva purim hayu kolelis shtei tshuvas, because in the analysis of the Bach, what happened in purim involved two things. This is not the way we usually think of it. Number one, ha'achas, she'nifalonim yisirenu v'nakam nikmaseinu, we killed the bad guys, and we got, hey, look at that. Okay. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Help yourself. Now, uh, so one is we killed the, 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 one is we killed out the bad guys and got revenge. How often in history did the Jews get to get revenge on their enemies? For example, did we ever get revenge on the Nazis? The answer is no. What happened to 99% of the Nazi war criminals? The answer is nothing. We got tremendous revenge. I don't agree with the words you just said. Uh, he's, being, he's being poetic about it. Yeah, our yeah. survival is not yeah. our survival. Our intervention of Kalyusrol after the war. What happened? What happened to the concentration guards that smashed your grandmother in and answered nothing? That's right. Not only that. That's right. Exactly. And to be perfectly honest, if you want to get down to it. A lot of them had jobs with the German government, and they did just, they did, they did, you're not wrong about that, Werner von Brown. I send them up, and I don't care where they go down. That was the last words of Werner von Brown, you know. But the fact is, that we didn't get any revenge on them. And most, and let me tell you something, in Jewish history, when they had the, what, what revenge did they get on Chmelnitsky? Nothing. What revenge did they get on the Crusaders? Nothing. I'm, I'm just saying, this is so, so don't, don't blow away Purim, the Bach says, right? And by the way, the Bach lived in Poland with the time of the Cossacks, you know. So he said, Ein Zach is Nokem Dik which not a clean Zach. That's number one. And number two, listen to this. Shahoshi Alonu Nifka That no Jew was killed in the war. It's like in Tebi minus the Yoni. That when they had all these fights on Purim, that they saw the 13th of Adar, that they celebrate um, today on Purim, the 14th of Adar, all over the country there were fights between the Jewish guys on the one hand and the anti-Semites on the other hand, and not a single Jew was killed. That's unbelievable. Okay? Leaving Egypt also, right? I mean, that's not true. That's not true. Plenty of Jews down the way out of Egypt. That's not true. Now, yeah. So, hold on. Heim be'embes shte matonis tovus. The Bach says that's two matonis tovus. And these are uh, uh, symbolically uh, exemplified in the story with the two gifts that Achashverosh gave to the Jews, A and B. Number one, base Haman. When he gave the money, right? The base Haman means the money of Haman. The Haman's uh, uh, house and estate and wealth. Why did Haman become the prime minister in the first place? Because he was the richest guy. That's Kvod Rosh Rov, right? All that stuff. And now, he signed the check away, you know what I mean? Signed the check away to the thing. Which totally didn't happen with the Germans, you know. What did we get? A, a, a percent of a percent of what they took? You know that. 
there, how much is there? I mean, by now it's 200 billion, but the Germans took a ton of money. Number two, um, Shabazim Masarenu and Nesinas Hatabas. Nesinas Hatabas, he says. When the king gave the ring to Mordechai, uh, when the Bach says that when the king gave the ring to Mordechai, that was a message out there, don't mess with the Jews or you get in trouble with me, which made all the princes and, and, and officials afraid. Therefore, Mordechai, he says, and Esther said, when we make this holiday that we're inventing, so it's going to include, among the, uh, different elements, these two unusual rules of Matanus and Shalchmas, which you don't have by any other holiday. Correct? You don't have such a, a din by the Shal Shogolim or Rashani and Kippur, as important as they're. There's no din of Matanus of Yonah by Yantav. The Rambam says it's disgusting. He doesn't say there's a, you know what I mean, there's no halachic requirement. Everybody goes to... It's not out of thin air. We see it's No, on the contrary. Why was it never legislated by the Sanhedrin that now there's Yontif, there's an obligation and every family has to have a guest for, for Yontif, for example. Or every family has to have two people for Shabbos. So, where he was legislated. Not Shabbos, just Yontif. Oh, we say Yontif. You understand what I'm saying. There's no, there's no thing like that. Uh, and, and, uh, and by the way, and this is not from the Sanhedrin, this is Mordecai and Esther. I just want to say, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know. Now, uh, and to re- remember this, he said, they instituted these two rules, whether this Matan Sevyanu thing, or the social thing, to give out uh, these two types of institutions. And so the Bach says, by doing these two uh, um, institutions, the, the gifts that Ahasuerus gave to Mordecai and Esther will never be forgotten by us. Of course, he was wrong about that, but nevertheless, that was the intention according to him. Now, what does all this mean? Notice the, so what caught, what caught my attention was, he says, the Nesimus HaTabas, the giving of the ring to Mordecai by the king, which is mentioned in the Megillah. Okay? This led me to examine the verse, which actually says at the beginning of uh, Perches, I think, that after Haman is killed, what happens next? Because the death of Haman is significant, but not if nothing happened next. So the, the, after the Haman was hanged, the king then says to Esther, you can take his bank account. That's number one. Uh, uh, Mordechai Baal is and then she introduced Mordechai as my cousin. And then the next passage tells you, "Vayos Ramelchus Tabato, Asher Meivir Haman, Vayit Al Mordechai, Vatosim Esther as Mordechai Beis Haman." So it's just an interesting set of, of circumstances. A, B, C. A, the king gives Esther the house, the the fortune. B, the king gives Mordechai the ring. C, Esther transfers the fortune to Mordechai. Vatosim Esther. It's Mordechai al-Beit Haman. So in other words, he, he wrote her over the check, and, and she made the check out to Mordechai. And she endorsed the check to Mordechai, which is the last time that will ever happen. <laughs> 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 That's why it's mentioned, you know. Anyway, um, hold on. There's a famous statement in the Gemara that we've all heard one time or another, which is, Gedol ha-sar sa-tavas mimeches nabim. Then when the king removed the ring, 
it did more tsuva than 48 novis. Which ordinarily means like this. When the king gave the ring to Haman, and he didn't kill the Jews, that freaked out the Jews so much that they repented in a way that all the Musa Shmuzin of 48 novis didn't do. That's what it says. That's the usual way of understanding it. Okay? Now, um, that's how we say in the Gemara. I'm going to be an old-fashioned rabbi of the old school. We're going to parse the words like they would do in the 18th century, picking them apart to reveal a better shot. And I told you, I'm just giving what I think. Why does it say Hasar Satabas? This is so 18th century, it's ridiculous. It's, why does it say Hasar Satabas? Gedol Nesina Satabas. Right? Nesina Satabas. As the kid, Bach phrased it, it was the giving of the ring to Haman, which was the terrifying act, not the removal from his finger. Now, by the way, I got this idea because I said on my show, made a note of it. He has his own shot, which I didn't like, but as is typical in my show, he does notice these things. What do you mean the Hasaras HaTabas? It should be the giving of the Tabas. And so, uh, and the phrase, uh, it feels like this. Shukum lachzirim lamutav, Hasaras HaTabas, Yachzirim lamutav. That, listen to the words closely, that when all the speeches of the 48 prophets and prophetesses didn't move the Jews to repent, but the Hasaras HaTabas did, that's not actually what it says. Kulam lo hechzirim lemutov. V'zeh hechzirim lemutov. It doesn't say kulam lo hechzirim lechuva. V'zeh hechzirim lechuva. It says the words lemutov. So, what is that? I didn't see anybody going. Now, um, what does mutov mean? These questions, plus the class we gave me sold the other night, led me to notice another strange Gemara concerning Haman's famous conversation with the king, which I think the, many of us, again, are familiar with. The king says, uh, when Haman sits down to say, let's kill the Jews. So according to the Talmudic version of this, the king says, I'm afraid of the, their God. He shouldn't do to me what the, what the others did. Right? You know, you might wipe out, a, and literally it goes like this. Uh, let's wipe out the Jews. So the king says, The love is being kid of it. That God shouldn't punish me the way He punished Pharaoh. Armalei Yeshnu Amachad Yeshnu Menamitzvus. Yeshnu means Yeshnu. Instead of saying there is another, they're sleeping, not doing mitzvus. Armalei Yisra Ravonu. So according to the king, then says, what about the rabbis? They do mitzvus. Armalei Am Echad Hein. There's an Am Echad. So the way you ordinarily parse that, like Rashi would say, is that since they're Am Echad and they're Kol Yisrael Ma'azeh the fact that the Chacham do misses doesn't help because the other guys do Averis and take them down. And that's the way to, re- to ordinarily read it. But it makes no sense. Okay? And Rashi actually doesn't comment. It's the opposite of what it should be. And here's a speech I gave the other night on Saturday night and many times. The classic idea of a Tzibor is the opposite of what we just read. The classic idea of a Tzibor is not that the people don't do misses, take down those who do misses, but rather the people do misses if it's a real Tzibor, then they lift up the people who don't do the mitzvahs in the old school way, not in the modern era when the Jewish polity has been broken in the last 200 years like Humpty Dumpty with the rise of reform and conservatives and all those other sort of things. But in the old days, which you had until the 19th century, certainly, it never was a Jewish community which everybody was right and everybody was good. It always was the pietists and the prostitutes. That's how it always was. It always was. Right? I mean, you, you can laugh all you want. There are Zonas in the, in the time of Shlomanach, right? They're Jews. They're just as part of the Jewish community as anybody else. I know it sounds funny to us, but, but, but it's true. 
And everybody's part of what they call the Kla Yisrael, when they used to practice this stuff. And the Kla Yisrael literally means uh, that everybody's part of one Sibor, and everybody helps when they can, and some are sinners, and some are good, and the good ones, if they're doing right, the good ones have in mind to help the bad ones. That's, uh, the, the, that, that's the way we understand it. And the Mesil Tisharim is very famous and eloquent on this, where, um, where he says, and I copied this out, Yes Iker, that the Mesil Tisharim says, what does it mean to be a chassid? Obviously, he's not talking about the modern chassidim. What does it mean to be a chassid? Tovah Hador. You have to have in mind, you, if you want to be a chassid, you have to know when you perform the mitzvahs, you have for Tovah Hador. Which, put in simple English, means like this. I want my Shmir Shabbos to count for you, even though you didn't keep Shabbos. Even though nowadays, we're more capitalists. They say, yes, to hell with you. You didn't keep Shabbos. You suffer. I did. I, I did without. I underwent privation. Therefore, I'm deserving that it's all going to my bank account. You know, if you want it, you keep kosher. If you want it, you keep these things. I'm the one doing it, so I should earn, earn, earn my, my right to do it. Otherwise, why am I doing it? That, so that's, that's not a chassid. The chassid said like this, I know you're not doing it. It doesn't hurt you. I want to take my credit and put it in your bank account. That's what turns the chassid, and that's what God wants. Right? That's what he calls it. Who in your chassid, we must have a key to, keep him on your chassid, to call hador ochum et perosa. That's the idea of a chassid. And again, I repeat, this is not the modern chassid. It's the Masil Shem Tov, classic chassid. Well, the time of Queen Esther. Mechen Amru, Hayesh Vayisimayin, Zeh Ritzonu Shomokam. This is what Hashem wants. Shem Yehet, Chassid Yisrael, Mezakim, Mechaprim, Al-Kol Shem Adrigo Shalem. He wants that the good ones should be Mechapers, that they should use their stuff to help the other guys. Uh, and that's the whole idea of the Lulav and the Esther that we all know, and the Keturus and all the other business. Shem Yehet, Chassid Yisrael, Mezakim, Mechaprim, so when I if if I wanted to leash this Madrega, when I keep shops and when I keep close and when I keep this and when I refrain from doing this and when I refrain from doing the other thing, if if I'm the real thing, I'll say like this. I know my next door neighbor or the other people in the town don't do this, but I want you to credit what I'm doing as if they did it. Right? Which violates it's like socialism, yeah. It violates but there's a certain spiritual socialism. For me it's according to this means, these according to his needs. <laughs> Right? We could have a nice essay if this were Karl Marx we got that from. From the Beta and Nemo, you know. But, uh, you know, his grandfather was a rabbi. But, uh, but remember, that's the idea. And, um, and this is a classic. And so on and so forth. So he says, there's a person of so then with the conversation we just presented the Gemara is the opposite of makes sense. Because Homer says, I'm afraid of the Jews and he said, No, they don't keep any missus. And he said, Well the rabbis do. He said, Well that doesn't count. Because yes, uh, and the others who don't do are dragging them down. No, it's the other way around. If they do, they should help them. So what's going on? And like you said, Washington commented on this, so it's just strange. You hear the I hope you understand the question I just raised. Maybe, but this is, uh, we're talking about, uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an argument homonizance, not achashers. So, to answer this, I would like, in the good old style of Chaim Potok, let's propose an emendation. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. I don't know, it's just a guess. The passage reads, uh, I'm afraid of their God. And he says, no, 
Yashnu mina mitzvus. He's an ishbu rabbonon. Am echod. That's how the conversation goes. Again, I'm afraid of their God. No yashnu mina mitzvus. They're not doing yashnu am echod. The mitzvus. What about rabbonon? Am echod. So, which doesn't make any sense. I think the last part should read. Because you know, Gamar had a lot of trouble with Gersus, you know. So I think the last part should read like this. Yashnu uh, Menemitsus. Itzbur Abonan. Yashnu Amechot. They don't feel like an Amechot. That's what's sleeping. This only works if people do it. <laughs> you get it? That's why I say most people, you and I are not raised, most people in schools today, to think along the lines I just said. Most of us are raised in a capitalist model instead of a socialist model from a spiritual point of view. If I keep Mrs. Nike shopping and my relatives don't, the hell with them, I I'll go there. And one day you'll see, I'll be up here and you'll be down there. I'll be living. Ha, ha, ha. You know, that's, that's the idea, right? Which is the antithesis of what it should be. And so, um, I think Yosnu Amechot. It only works if the, if the person feels the way that the Mrs. Trump just described. But if you don't, then it doesn't. If I do Mrs. and I don't have in mind that it should go for you, then it doesn't. In other words, Haman, and by the way, Haman lived among the Jews. He had worked for Mordecai as a slave. He had lived among the Jews. He knew the weaknesses. Hello. That's what we're told. Was telling the king that Jews had no achters. They're not acting like a tibor. The Rabbanan are not doing the Torah mitzvahs with the Kavana to be mezaka everybody else. Rather, the Mordecai, Hayyahudi himself, is, as his family said in Chazal, al tikr Mordecai Yehudi, al Mordecai Hayyahidi, who lived by himself. I repeat, live by himself in a non-Jewish community on the royal compound and not in the, in, in, in the other side of the river. Later on, the Jews lived in Shushan and Mordechai lived in Shushan Abiro. The Jews lived over there. Mordechai lived close to the Sharm el And this is before Esther ever showed up. This is when Mordechai chose to live. Now, you could spend it for, one, for whatever reason. That's what happens. You know, you could put it whatever... I'm going to say it again. This is not something he did in response to Esther being chosen queen. This is where he was living before it even started. What? <laughs> He's drunk as a skunk. Now, um, and as, as a result, <laughs> since, since the rabbis were a bunch of jerks, their God won't save them from destruction. Upon hearing this, the king said, oh, okay, good. In that case, let's do it. <laughs> you know, Good point. Let's do it. And by the way, Haman was not wrong. That's the point. Haman was not wrong. Now, we know Mordecai was indeed a one-act show. Because Mordecai did not hesitate to provoke Haman, and I spoke about this in the past, uh, showing Haman's letter selling himself to Mordecai, and of course not bowing. It says, Zebob Beprus Buti, Zebob Bully. That when Haman showed up acting real haughty, Mordecai showed him a shoe or something like that, where it says, you, I, I sell myself as a slave to Mordecai. What do you do that for? Like I said before, I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, I don't know, whoever your bad candidate is. But you have to go and, and mom's provoke them, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I have to go do that. So Mordecai was like crazy. You know, plus, not bowing down to him, which is a big machlokus <coughs> in halacha. And let me put it this way. Rove of the rabbis bowed down. And there are plenty of grounds, if you know the din, for doing that. I'm talking about halachi grounds and all that sort of... That's actually a dry try I give it. Take it from me. I'm not going to review all that stuff we did in the past, but from a strictly halachic perspective, whether a Vodazar is, is, is considered your Yavor, and whether Haman is a Nevad, and whether you have Kavona, you know, to, to be uh, 
Me'avu, Me'ira, they're all sugis about this. I'm not, uh, we, we've done that in the past. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, that we know Mordechai was the one in the show because he did not hesitate to provoke Haman, despite the opposition of the other sages. Ordinarily, he should follow the consensus. But Mordechai was Yechidi, and he convinced he knew better. When Mordechai learned of the decree, he walked around screaming and crying. Esther didn't do that. Esther said, Lech, he knows to call you with him. <laughs> it's a different approach. Mordechai went around saying, Oh, it's terrible. And the Gemara says, Gava, Homa, Meachasveris, Gava, Machi, Love, Esther didn't do that. Right? She says, Let's go in action. And she discerned what the problem was. Unlike Mordechai, she said, Lech, he knows to call you with him. She didn't say, Lech, he knows to call you with him. There's only one Jew. <laughs> He's not doing a good job. Which is a criticism of Mordechai. So Mordechai was this interesting conversation. She says, She says, Oh, the problem with me? <laughs> I'm saying, Mordechai said, Esther responded, You think the problem is me? I'm trying to hide. Yes, it's someone else's problem. You're the problem, Mordechai. Not me. And he listened to her. He listened to her. Yashnu Amechad, according to you, meant they abandoned the idea of Jewish unity. Yashnu Amechad. I just want to make sure I understand. Yeah, it says Yashnu Amechad. Wait a second. Just hold on for a second. I'm still uh, in possession. He says, she said, I just want you to know, this is beneath the surface. He's saying to you, don't you think you're going to be a traitor on the Jewish people or the rest of it? <laughs> Me? <laughs> I'm the problem? <laughs> I'm the problem. Lech Knesset call Yehudim and into Shushan. But you know, what about you? She said it was more efficacious to rally the Jews for a joint common prayer session with the accent on joint and common than to wander alone in the screen in the, in the street screaming your head off. <laughs> you know, that doesn't help nothing. Okay. And by the way, Mordechai, like any good husband, <laughs> said yes, ma'am. Right? He said okay. But she to him also Wait a second! Don't give me a from the holder. Well, you don't mix. I'm telling you my version of it today. Okay. Hold. Don't be promiscuous in your commentaries. Right? And indeed, Mordechai followed her advice. Listen to what Abishad says. Vayavar Mordechai to Avar Kumadamaya. The Gemara said, "What do you mean, Vayavar Mordechai?" So one position is that they 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 ate uh, they they fasted on uh, on Pesach, eh? but the other one is Avar Kumadamaya. He crossed over the moat, right? He crossed the moat to go. Rashi says, "Lesov hayudim sebeiv rasheni." Lesov hayudim beiv rasheni. Go to the to the Jewish community. What does this mean to cross to the Jews on the other side of the ground together? Abishutz, not me, has a fascinating explanation. Beiv rasheni doesn't mean the other side of the moat. It means the alienated Jews, alienated by the haughty condescension. Yeah, where is that? What happened to the, the, the doggone the good one? You finished it. Yeah, really. What happened to the good one? Yeah. Yeah, I was afraid of that. He got a hold. He got a hold of it. Can't trust him. The uh, the she says go over to the other side of the moat, which means the alienated Jews, alienated. By the haughty condescension of the rabbinical elites. 
<laughs> of the rabbinical elite. <laughs> Listen what Yonatan Eibshit says. Calls man shetzadik levad ve'enu meschabim Yisrael afilo yetzadik rav v'gadol b'kol mokom midas hadin mesucha olof that if the person keeps himself aloof from the others and he's not mitchaber with the others so you're sitting alone in your neighborhood learning by yourself and I don't care how pious you are and you hold yourself aloof from the others right? so midas hadin mesucha olof God is angry at you ki medak tegin acharov because then they say like this, oh, you want, you hold yourself, you're so good, that you don't need, you know, in other words, you say like this, the others need chesed, I can go on my deeds. You really want your card pulled? <laughs> you really want them to, uh, the, the IRS to, to, to give you a, uh, what do they call that, a audit? Okay, is what Amish says. Ubefrat heyosuporosh mitibor yashram. Canal. And without trying to help them, to miyasher them, right? That's who Mordechai was. Avol, kishemeschaber l'sibor liyashram. But as the guy undertakes to involve himself with the others, liyashram, to try to help them, ulishtati v'imoyim sibor to liyosamim b'chubur v'chadoh, and to hang around them, to social interact with them, v'yigoy echod, so the Jews should all be together, so you don't want anybody to suffer, which is when Nechad means not that I'm doing okay and heck with you. Mordechai lived in Shushan Abir, which means he was separate from him, had nothing to do with anybody else. He was above them. Esther said to him, Stop this solitary existence. And uh, it's not helping. Kim leilach liyisrael to cross to the other side for a change. See what it's like. Well, it's chabri mum b'tshuva tefila. So I don't want you walking around the street saying, "Oh, he's a kagadolah umara." That's how garnished. You know what I'm saying? What we need is you go over there and work with them. And even if they won't be as akagadolamar, they'll be as akah. But the fact that everybody's going to be more than your particular higher akah. V'oz yirsa shem polich. He had to cross that moat. And that was the, the river splitting him there. And, and he had a dream, by the way. Mordecai had a dream. This is a, this is a home run. If you know the story of the Medrash, Rabba, on, uh, on McGill Esther, so they actually have a passage from the Apocrypha. It's remarkable. The Apocrypha. There is an apocryphal book of Esther. Yeah, there is. From the apocrypha. And it's called The Dream of Mordecai. And it's about this dream that he had with two serpents with a river in between. And the two, they're battling. And by the time it's all over, he, he saw this as a sign that he should act the way he did. And the so Reunion of said, I guess that's what the queen was hinting to him. In other words, when Mordecai heard this, they crossed the river. Oh, that's that dream. Ah, you know. And at the end, it turned out to go for the Jews. Uh, it says that after the battle between two serpents on the different side of the river again I originally saw this many moons ago in the Apocrypha and then to my son of a gun I saw it again many years ago in the, in the Mediterranean but word for word and that's why I saw Kuvit Amaya now in other words Esther said to Mordecai you need to awaken the Yashnu Amechot okay because one thing the Jews don't have now 
is a sense of amechud. You got your frumis here, you got the other ones there, you got the other ones there. They're in 127 different provinces, and they know they're all Jewish by background, and all there, but they don't really feel an amechud. Not really, you know, besides lip service. Is he the best person for the job? I don't know. I wasn't there. That way, the Jews would merit divine intervention, which indeed happened right away. The minute Mordechai crossed it over and started to discover them, the king woke up in the middle of the night. And the whole story, right? The minute he did that, in other words, it was a lot more powerful than screaming. The minute he crossed the river and said to the other guys, how are you doing? That's how the story happens. Which we know means Hamelech. Right? No, so in other words, this started shaking, and then this guy woke up and said, hey, right? As we know the story. Speaking of this higher spiritualized re- reading, according to this higher spiritualized reading, according to this scenario, uh, Esther comes out wiser than Mordecai. Right? Wiser than Mordecai. Who agreed in the emergency circumstances to follow her d- directives. I mean, he did cross the moat. This superior insight in her part is reflected in wonderful ways, in my opinion, in the fascinating words of the Megillah. Because, and again, I got this idea from uh, Marshall. It doesn't say these words, but it stirred me to, to notice this. Notice, where is Mordechai always hanging out? The Shar HaMelech. He never gets inside the Shar HaMelech. A little listening to Shar HaMelech. When he has this triumph with the horse, Mordechai he always goes to the Shara Melch. Esther goes, Ratama Beis HaMelch, Achitanah. And eventually, Ratama Bechatzar Beis HaMelch, Apinimis. She gets in to see the Melech. Mordechai is always at the Shara HaMelch. There you go. You see what it is? It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. This is the coding. C-O-D-I-N-G. It's the coding of the Megillah. You see? So, she, Ratama Bechatzar Melch, Achitanah. And eventually, Ratama Bechatzar Melch, Apinimis. If the Melech means the Melech, as we all know, then McGill is using coded, coded language to indicate Esther is closer to the king, nearer to the king. Uh, to king. How so? Mordechai's soul uh, uh, style is solacistic, right? It's, it's singular. That's a personal thing, right? It didn't say he went back to be Mechab with everybody, you know? Uh, so therefore, and they interpret that. That's his just natural default way. Okay, it was individualistic prayer, individualistic and soul assisted, as good as far as it goes, and it always gets to the Sharmelech because that's the power, of passion, of prayer of an individual. Now it's rational. It's my monadian. Okay, prayer and fasting with genuine intensity generates bracha. That's the theory of personal prayer. But what happens if it's not enough? What happens if the person prays, but the chusim aren't there? What happens, if, for example, a murderer by profession sincerely prays for parnosa? <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know? So, the prayers of themselves get you a hearing, but not a positive response. Or to use the language in the Gilead, they get you a hearing at the Sharamelch, but they don't get you inside the Sharamelch. Okay? They get you a hearing in your case, but you're not going to win. You won't be Zohar Bedin. Zohar Bedin means you get into the, into the closer. Right? You surpass the usual rules of evidence, right and wrong, and what we call din. Called din. You want something more than din. In contrast to the above, if one approaches with a seaboard, backed by a seaboard, with a seaboard, and backed by a seaboard, then you have extra uh, credit. This is what we believe in Judaism, right? That's the power of the seaboard. That, uh, you, you're right, exactly. In other words, just the seaboard itself, even though it's not right, 
It doesn't follow the regular rules. The Christians built an entire religion around this. Okay? But we believe in grace. For Claudius Rome. No, no, no. We came up with it. No, 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 no. No, you be careful how you say it. No, no. We, 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 we're the ones who... We, we're, we're the, they got it from us. They just... As you know... Uh, you no, know you're not allowed to use it, yeah. Um, hold on for a minute. Hold on. Uh, if one approaches with a seaboard, backed by a seaboard, the effect transcends the rational system. It earns grace. This is the Kitaris Avodon Yom Kippur, right? Armed, the high priest goes into the Kodesh with a Kitaris, which means all the Jews. And, and we all know the ceremony. What does that mean? He said, we want to be forgiven, even though if everybody, if, if all the Jewish people, all Jewish people sincerely did total Jewish shalom and all the rest of it, he wouldn't need a Ketorah there. But nobody does that, right? So we all say, the Kohen God as our ambassador, you know. So this is set up. The whole idea is what I just said. It transcends the rational and makes Yom Kippurim a day where you get, you know, supernal uh, grace. That's the whole idea in there. So basically, what was Queen Esther saying? Esther discerned this, and Mordecai did not. I don't know why not. She says the words, Lech Kenosis call Yehudim, Hanim Sebeshushan, Betum Olad, you gather everybody together, key point is gather, and pray for me, Betum Olai, Betum Olai, Betum Olai, Betum Olai, you pray for me, if I'm armed with that, and you mean it, I'll go into the king. But I'll try, at least I'll try. Kasher Avada Tehavari. Works, it works, it doesn't work. But I'll go with that. Right? Armed with the backing, you join prayers. I'll go into the viola- uh, uh, I'll go into the king of Melchashir, uh, lo kados. Because kados means you go kadin. Kadin means you earned it. She's saying, you know, we're not holding by that level. But if we go together for Kal Yisrael, Avol I'll approach the king, Asher lo kadin. Right? And indeed, the description of her experience is grace and not rational. Because it's by he kiros hamelchas that's there makol matzachin. What is Motzachin Be'enov? She found favor in his eyes. Right, it's grace. It's not, it's not Din. It's not like he said, oh, okay, you're, you know, it's a different approach, totally. Right? She went and she looked at us. The Jewish people weren't on some high level and all this from nothing like that. But she went in and Vayoshan HaMelch and, and said, okay. Indeed, as they followed the story of Esther like a detective, I noticed certain things. Haman rose to power on the strength of the Pirud, injudiciously introduced by Vashti, which she deliberately... When she, so in other words, he, brought, he took Vashti down. That's the story. I am a Mamucha and supposedly Haman. Who's the one who took Vashti down? When she said, I want to dance, so the king com- consulted his advisors, and Mamucha says, Asher lo savo Vashti, you know, get, get rid of her. And why? After all, Haman was an anti-Semite, and Vashti, Steve and I did this the other day. Hum was an anti-Semite, Vashti was an anti-Semite. So the Mandarin says three answers why Haman had that for Vashti. Number one, it's like the movie. She, she, she considered him white trash, and she slapped him with her slipper. Right? You know what that means in the Middle East. Remember Bush? Remember George Bush? Yeah, I'm saying, you know. So, you know, slap with the slipper. So, I was dumb. She, she made an enemy for life. Number two, and this is Mornegea. That's one opinion. There's three opinions of Chazal. A, B, and C. Second opinion is, he had it out for her because she made a party for all the women and did not invite the wife of Haman. Specifically didn't invite her. I wasn't there. You know, whatever. She didn't get the A list. 
tell, I'll tell you right now, you made an enemy for life. And Haman was waiting for the opportunity. And when the time came, he said, oh, you want to know what the kings do when dance for you? Imato, you can say, well, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get out. Right? So, wait a minute. The third reason? Well, the third reason was he had a daughter himself and he hoped that she would become queen. Okay, okay. I don't think he figured. I just raised a pool. You know, the mega beauty contest of all time. You know what I mean? He figured, who's around? You know, oh, I'm his daughter. He didn't know. He's a Bialkeda Melk. And they bring in every six of them, 10,000 miles around. And so we're, remember now, they brought in girls and they had to put six months of perfume. <laughs> six months of perfume and six months in, in we're, we're, we're talking Eastern Shore, Maryland, man. You know? Oh, yeah, boy. We're, we're talking the backwoods, the backwoods of Louisiana. Six months, you know? This is the real story why Esther went. It said Esther was, um, what's the right word? Shortcutted? You know? What's the word I'm looking at? Fair track. Esther was fair track. The minute she's the first girl who do need the bar of soap, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, so what happened over here? Haman rose to power on the strength of the Pirud, which is the opposite of unity, injudiciously introduced by Vashti when she deliberately did not invite. Haman's wife to a party. Pondering Vashti's downfall over this, Haman zeroed in on period when he dealt with the Jewish questions. In other words, he said, how was I able to take down Vashti? Because of this period. You know, she got me angry by not inviting my wife. Somebody find this on the Jews also. That's why he says, Yashnu Amechad. Haman was clever enough to discern that whereas the other rabbis bowed down to him, Mordecai didn't. Otherwise, what does it mean when it says, uh, uh, what's the expression over here? What do those words mean? He knew Mordechai was Jewish. So what does it mean? He, he, he didn't want to kill the, uh, Mordechai alone because he told him I'm Mordechai. It means, I think, that the others bowed down to him. The other rabbis, Ramosha Fine said, bowed down to him. You know, Shlomo Zabba bowed down to him. And Mordechai not. So don't tell me it's a Jewish thing. You see? So, although the other rabbis screamed at Mordechai, and it says this in the Medrash Panamacherim, Armelo heavy yodea shatam mabilena becherev. We, the majority, do not agree with you. You're bringing a cherev, you're bringing a churban, a holocaust to Kalisro. Ma'ro isa shatam mavazel kalvasen shamelech. That's the words they said. Ma'ro isa mavazel, why are you, what are you, why are you trying to endanger everybody by violating the king's law? The king said bad down to him. Okay, Mordechai didn't care. When, Morde- when, when Haman discerned this disunity, he saw the possibility of killing the Jews. And that's why the Pusik says, They told him the Am Mordechai bows down to him. What's the next line? It's not an unsequitur, it's a sequitur. When he saw that the others bowed down to him, Mordechai then he saw there's a period in the Sanhedrin. Let's, <laughs> let, let's move what I've always thought of in the back of my mind to the front burner. And, by, and, and, and he went right away to the king and he said, let's kill him. And the king said, yes. Okay? This is the meaning of how you read the words. In other words, when Haman heard the other uh, disagree with him, I think that's the juxtaposition. If I'm right, then the way to parse the conversation between the king and Haman goes like this. Then Haman says the Jews are not performing the missus. The king says, it's where I'm The rabbis keep the missus. And then Haman says, Mephuzar Meforod. The rabbis themselves, Yeshno Amechad, Mephuzar Meforod, Ben Amim. It's just proposed. 
The rabbis themselves are severely disunited. They're mafuzer and mafurab. Double. Okay? Severe. Then, I don't know. I mean, I, if you want to give me an answer, I'll be the Ibn Ezra. But it, it, it doesn't say they're mafuzer. They're, they're profoundly disunited. Not, not only the people, but the, 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 the rabbis. You understand? They're profoundly disunited. Uh, now, wait a second. Hence, if they're disunited among themselves, if the rabbis are disunited among themselves, they can't be united with the rest of the community. And the reason is simple. When the rabbis are disunited, each one forms his own group. You got Satmer, you got Lababish, you got Bells, this one there. Somebody uh, becomes a, a Tamakha. It's the opposite of Achri, it becomes Pirud. That's what you got in the world today. You know, so each group, the Yu is by itself, and this one by itself, and Lakewood by itself, and this one by itself. There's no joint council for anybody, so the Chacham themselves are causing a Pirud. <laughs> you, you understand? And Hamid discerned this. The communities then split along the rabbis' lines. If Mordechai is strongly disagreeing with the others, then out there in the community, there are at least two parties. There's a Mordechai team and an anti-Mordechai team. Since their God hates this unity, he won't stop you. Im ha'amelech tov. You could say love them. Im ha'amelech tov. If they're... Again. Yeshno amechod. Mefuzer mefuzer ben amim. Im ha'amelech tov. You could say love them. You see the... The sequitur, it's not a non-sequitur, it's a sequitur, right? It's a post-doc aeropopter house in this case. Where else do we find that guy and understand the inner workings of the social dynamics of the client's style? I'll repeat it what I said. First of all, I, I don't know offhand. I don't, I don't know offhand, but second of all, uh, if you want to get technical, Haman had been there, Haman lived among Jews. Right? And to be perfectly honest, Gaim who live among Jews do know our problems. That's, that's, that's what I was getting at. That, that, is, that is experience shows you. You know what I mean? No, but to the outside world, the Jews are like this. Do you know who is like that, by the way? FDR. All kidding aside. I know what I'm talking about. As presidents go, he knew a lot of the Jewish community could have been governor in New York. And he was totally aware of the Zionist, anti-Zionist, this, that, and the other. And that's why he was able to mess over and screw the Jews the time he was president. And he created this book. I just left upstairs from my mother-in-law. It was just published by... Reform Madoff, 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 whatever his name is. It's called FDR and Jews, the Jews Should Shut Up. That's the title of the book. Okay? And it just chronicles it. So, on the contrary, somebody who doesn't know anything about the Jews think, oh, the Jews are a monolith, and all this kind of stuff. One who knows, knows different. That's the old sad joke of yesteryear, you know, the Hungarian Jew in the 1930s reading the Nazi newspaper. You know that story, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you reading the Nazi newspaper? It's a mechaya. The Jews run the world. You know, it's, it's a conspiracy. You know, what I mean? <laughs> if I read if I read the Jewish Times, you know, this one's waiting with this one. It's a, a mechaya. You know, anyway, that's the way you read it. And wait a minute, since your God hates Pirud, He won't stop you. And indeed, the King. Wait a second. The Hamelch, Hamelch, the Homon Yashvu Lishtos. Hamelch, the Homon Yashvu Lishtos. What did they drink? They drank wine. What is wine? So, Okay? In other words, it's if God just said, you know, you're a real clever mumser. You know the soda of and period, but they didn't choose themselves. Because they came, they were threatened. Right? No, Haman was on to something. This is a dangerous crook of Amalek. That's what Rabbi Gogol was just saying. You know, the Amalek in general has a history. You know, they struck Rufidim, Rufidim, and the uh, Now, when Mordecai heard about the decree, he remained in the royal compound and cried loudly there, which is solicistic, as I said before. Esther, we seen reacted differently on two fronts. How did Esther react on two fronts? A and B. Number one, to increase the octus among the Jews. Number two, but she was smart, introduce period into the enemy camp. 
as soon as possible. Right? Because it works all the way. So what you want to do to me, I'm going to turn the tables on you. Now here's something really good. I noticed this, uh, 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 this year. Why did Esther say, I'll go to the king if I perish, I perish. If she's coming with the prayers of the Jewish people to see her, why should she perish? But the answer is that Esther requested and demanded that the community fast and pray for three consecutive days. Why Dafka three days? She must have known three days are necessary for such prayers to work. But you know the story, she goes in before the three days are up. She goes before the three days are up. <laughs> so, she was... She's not coming with the full effect. She goes on the third, on the third day. She goes before the three days are up. <laughs> okay. Um, no, seriously. No. By the way, I'm not sure that's true because I think Rashi says the first time she went in, it was three days since the decree, not three days since the fasting. So in two days on uh, so the decree. Part of no, 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 no. I'll say it again. Uh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> I can pull from Rashi. When she goes in the first time, it's two days. It's three days after the decree was issued. It was only two days after he started fasting. Rashi says his words. Now, um, just hold on. 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 I told you, I'm giving you an alternative reading of the story. She must have known. Uh, Esther went in only after two days of fasting. Look it up. That means I'm look at Rashi. She was heroically entering to see the king before the proper time. She all Esther the Jews. Why? The answer is, she realized it's not enough to push Achtos and her team. It's also you have to introduce Piran and the opposite team and as soon as possible. And how did she do this? By utilizing Vashti's tactics in a sneakier way. Because what was Hester's plan? Let's put it this way. What's the story? The story is, he says, all of a sudden they heard, you know, there's orders out about the Jews. And Mordecai found out, and nobody knew what it is, but here's Shishon Navocha, and, you know, and he freaks out. And Esther says, what's going on? And he says, you've got to go and do something about it. Go to the king and do something about it. And Esther says, I can't go to the king. It's against the law. And he says, don't imagine you can escape. But if you know, do it now. And she says, I'll do it if you fast for on my behalf. So that's the story. So that means this poor girl, Esther, has... I mean, Mordecai didn't tell her how to win. Mordecai doesn't say, do this to be triumphant. He says, go see the king and beg. What's the plan? So Esther wasn't just simply going to go and play. Let's put it this way. I don't know what Mordecai had in mind, but I see what Esther did. She was too clever just to go and beg. So she had a plan with two parts, A and B. One is to win the king over sexually. That's the story. That's why she said, Kasher, Avadati, Avadati. Atul now, is now, Barotson. That's the story, right? So that's one way. She, she didn't want to do it. She felt she had to do it. And number two, take down Haman. That's the only plan. You've got to win over the king and knock down Haman. Now, how do you do that? A is self-explanatory. <laughs> Agree? <laughs> okay. Now, uh, A is self-explanatory. But how do you do B? How do you take down Haman? She did not have an exact plan, but she had a general plan. The Gemara famously discusses uh, the famous question, Ma Ross Esther Shazim this Haman. Remember this? Why did Esther invite Haman alone to the party with the king? And there are ten reasons given. She thought she'd be nice. She thought she'd be sneaky, this and that and the other. And all kinds of different reasons given there. The most dramatic reason is she said, if nothing else works, I'll throw myself at Haman, and the king will kill us both. Like Samson. You know? I'll take him down with me. If nothing else works, that's my plan. You understand? No, at least I'll take that guy down with me. Even if I'd go down. She was a, she was a heroine, you know? 
Like Well, Hamas is the main instigator. Look, I don't know. She, she, uh, well, no, my point is like this. What do you want from the girl? You, you tell me, you know, this, this, is what she, this is what she came up with. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to dignify with them an answer. I don't know. You know, maybe she didn't have an exact plan. She said, one way or the other, this guy's going down. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, if, the, if nothing else helps. Okay. You see? Now, wait a second. Ten three theories are offered. Rabbi Gamliel says, very famously, the best reason is Rilesa Madoi. Madoi. If you look at the Gemara there, right? The best reason is Rilesa Madoi. If I had the time, which I didn't, I would like to... Rilesa Madoi has a very interesting Mahalakha and Agatha in general. You know, you see that by Ruvain and Billa and all this. But meanwhile, I'll stick with this. And what is the reason... What is Rilesa Madoi? Why did, why did she invite Haman to the party? Kinatu b'melchli, kinatu b'sarm. She didn't purpose to get the king jealous and get the other uh, princes jealous. Meaning she's talking about pull a Vashti to reverse. You get it? And he'll be so arrogant he won't see it coming. He'll be so arrogant he won't see it coming. Right? In other words, Esther's opening move, when as soon as she walked in, remember, she took her life in her hands, she went to see the king, she got out and killed, she found favor in his eyes, and she said, what do you want, Esther? I'm Al-Kha'ach. Her first words are, I'd like to make a party tomorrow with you and Oman. That's the first thing she said. Today, I mean. Right, you're right, today. I, it's the first thing she says. You know, she doesn't say, oh, my people, this and that and the other. Her opening move is, right, so it's pretty clear. She was working click, click, click. On the one hand, she's crying, which I totally respect. You know, she was in a terrible situation. The other hand, click, click, click. All right? So she's, Yavo HaMelech V'Haman. By the way, you know enough Hebrew. Yavo HaMelech V'Haman. El Asher Asisi Lo. What should it have said? Yaveu Hamel Haman El Elohim. Right? So basically, no, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. She says, I want a party just for you and me and Haman. Yavo Yavo Hamel Haman El Lo. I want. No, you and I are going for a honeymoon vacation. It's you and me and Haman. You know, it's like that. Okay. Now wait a minute. The first thing the king is going, huh, right? Kinatu b'mel, kinatu b'sarm. So you move it, click, click, click. Right? Notice the singular verb, the singular preposition. She arranged the party for him, but, and by the way, she didn't say, that's even better. El lo. The king is saying like this, who should make the party for Who should make the party for you know? Like, you know? Why didn't she say, El amishtah So she was, you know, like I said before, she was desperate, like a lot of people. Half of you is, is freaking out. The other half of you is not freaking out. That's what? That's yeah, right. So, <laughs> wait a second. Notice the singular verb. Should he raise a party for him? Should he say which him? Therefore, cannot the bemelch. That got the king's jealous. And, of course, by not inviting anybody else, just Haman, cannot the some. She got everybody else jealous. Now, why didn't Haman, who rose to power that way, through Vashti's mistake, why didn't he realize that he was being alienated by his friends and supporters? But Rava says, she said, pride goes before the fall. Haman says, he's so dumb. He says, never occurred to anybody. Why? You know? <laughs> he was so megalomaniac. He didn't cop what was happening. Pride goes, listen, pride goes before the fall. And now the Pirud was... Potent and immediate. As you know, the king couldn't sleep that night. That night. (laughs) 
Right? And why couldn't he sleep? The Gemara says, my decomment is in the Esau Haman. The reason he couldn't sleep is because he was bothering him. Why should he buy Haman too? Right? So it worked. Right? As soon as he said, I want a, a, a private party, you and me, and Haman, he couldn't sleep that night. Alright? The king was suspicious. Why Haman would be invited to a private party to your husband and wife? The Gemara goes on to describe, when the king asked what reward was done to Mordechai, it says, that the attendants around the king said, nothing was done to Mordechai. He, de- he-, he deserves something. The Gemara says, Lo Mepnesha Ovin Miss Mordechai, El Mepnesha Son of Miss Haman. What does that mean? Everybody's already angry at Haman. He got invited today and I didn't get invited. And there were even there were a bunch of Antas Demitten, but stick it to Haman. Look how smart she was. It's the oldest, you know, game in politics. It's like Aristotle's book of politics. You know, you, you reward your frenemies. How's it go? You reward your friends. Yeah, oddly you ought to. Reward your friends and all that stuff. So you, develop, you introduce, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the dis- discord among your enemies. Now, uh, wait a second, so it worked right away. Now it goes without saying, as we all say, the other mouth also didn't sleep. In other words, God's hanhog of Esther Punim began to unravel. If you say, the king couldn't sleep that night, what does that mean? He said, Delilah part's not working. You know, he, until now, they're going to kill the Jews, and the king is asleep at night. But that night, the king's going to wake up from the sleep. Meaning, her plan was working, okay? Because, um, as coincidence, let's put it this way, coincidences be- begin to occur, and when I say coincidence, that's a, uh, with quotation marks, because all of a sudden, the king says, gee, what's been done to Mordecai lately? Oh, and Haman happens to walk in the room. And it even says, in the Umar, that the king said, you know, Haman is a sufficient guy. Oh, here's Haman, you know? And you go travel, you know, and, and notice, the events happen very rapidly after that. So you see, that meaning the regular flow of non-coincidence ceased. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of quote-unquote coincidences happening in this dramatic story. Um, so Haman goes to the king and the king's about to hang um, just when he's about to hang Mordecai and just at the moment the king was looking for an official high rank to lead him through the street on the horse. So although the Jews did follow the instructions, the instructions of Esther, the rabbis still resented Mordecai for getting him into the mess in the first place through his stubborn refusal to follow their Pesach and Haman. So, the Kalisrael did it, but not the other rabbis. The Chaluki days persist through the four days of terror. Because, as we all know, the story of Purim is four days of terror. From the time that the orders were issued until Haman was hanged was four days. Okay? So, at least the death of Haman, at least the death of Haman, takes place in four days. And then, of course, comes the denouement. Because, not only is Haman hanged, but Mordecai was given Haman's job plus Haman's wealth. Now, what's interesting is the sequence of events. The king gave Esther the house of Haman, then he gave Mordecai the ring, and then Esther gave Mordecai the base Haman. The king clearly gives Esther the estate of Haman as restitution for the anguish and threat that Haman caused her. He needed base Haman to stop the Esther. This is what it says. The king gave Mordecai the ring as restitution for the pain Haman caused Mordecai. So we have quite a scene over here. Haman's corpse is hanging in the Haman's garden, now Esther's backyard. <laughs> Haman's corpse is hanging in Haman's backyard. No, it's Esther's backyard. The king goes over to the hanging corpse. He pulls off the ring, or maybe hacks it off. Puts it back on his own finger. And then Esther comes in and says, Mordecai's my cousin. 
The king takes it off his finger. The king takes it off his finger and gives it to Mordechai, making him prime minister. As we saw in the Bach, this was a public sign that the king is now signing with the Jews. Okay? Although repeal of the Haman decree did not happen until 23-7, the moment Mordechai was given the ring, it's obviously anybody who's going to harm the Jews from now is going to get screwed. Now, think about this for a moment. All during the time, there have been true octus among the Jews. Had there? Of course, the Jews were a community of faith. They all prayed to be saved from group extermination. But this is what we call negative unity. Please, God, don't kill us. On that, we all agree. But when the danger is past, here's the litmus test. When the danger is past, we like to go back to our Jewish quarreling, which is what happened after the Holocaust. Right? Maybe there was a community of faith, a negative unity, during the years 1940-45. Don't kill the Jews. Maybe. But the minute the war was over, Satmar went to be Satmar, and this one went to be this one, and that one went to be that one, and then they pick up where they left off. So not a, it was a negative unity. Uh, so in other words, my point is negative threats produce negative unity. What produces positive unity? Obviously not a, a negative phenomenon. Right? Positive pheno- a positive phenomenon. In our story, what were the positive phenomena? What was the positive phenomenon of the story? Not the death of Holman. Right? The stuff that demonstrated that the killing of Holman, as good as important as it was in the negative sense, like the death of Stalin this week, right? We know the Soviet Jews were in the brink. Stalin died 18th of Ador. He got a 18 Ador, and he got the stroke on 14 Ador. You didn't know that? You never heard of it before? Oh, you learn a lot in the Hollywood squares. The, uh, so, wait a second. <laughs> now, wait a second. Hold on. Holman, uh, Stalin got the stroke on 14 Ador, and he, got the, uh, and he died uh, on 18 Ador. That's how it goes. So, anyway. Um, but, no, no. I'll tell you what I mean. What was, this, what was the significance of the death of Stalin? It's entirely a negative significance. And I have relatives that lived in Russia. Until Stalin died, it was building up there was going to be a giant pogrom one day. He was going to kill the Jews or send them to Siberia. There's all kinds of versions of what was happening. But the volcano was about to explode. And the Jews in the Soviet Union were pissing in their pants, and I don't blame them a bit. It's not funny. And then Stalin died. So that did not happen. So that was unbelievable Yeshua. But the Jewish situation did not improve, except in the negative sense that the cherev that was over their head was removed, which is not a little thing. And like I said before, you talk to any older Russian Jew, they go, oh, this sounds a relief. But nothing good came out of it. It just was the end of the bad. You understand? So it's, a, it's an important event. My goodness, it's an important event. But it didn't in itself change the things. It's more than, the death of Hummel isn't like that. Had Hummel just died, which would have been an important event, no question about it. Like you said before, the decree, or even the decree would fail. Uh, and let's say the king, you know, said, like, let's, 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 let's forget that decree, like Stalin, like Cruz said with the doctor's plot. Let's just forget about all that. That would be very important, you know? But, but well, he gave base Hummel to Esther, and he gave Mordecai the ring and made him prime minister. That's, that's like. You know, if he would have made Chaim Weizmann the president of Russia, you know, something like that. It's a different story. And Weizmann said, everybody go to Israel. You know, that, that would have been the equivalent of a Purim story. You understand? Something along those lines. So, uh, in our story, there was a, what was the positive phenomenon? The stuff that demonstrated the killing of Homer, which is important, but, uh, uh, but the stuff that demonstrated was not just the lucky happenstance where the king got angry at Homer, but rather the positive phenomenon was the news that the king now really likes the Jews for whatever reason. Because that means, number one, the Jews will get revenge on the Hamanites, and number two, the anti-Semites out there will be afraid to come out of the woodwork. 
they're free to come out of work because I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to kill the Jews. But as a result, is, in fact, it says, the Chalsari Hamadinus Achstabe Apachas, Vosi Amlach Hashem Menach, Menasim is Hayudim, He Nava Pachat Mordechai Leim. What does that mean, Menasim is called Mordechai Leim? They weren't Yubin Humphrey, you know? They were nice people. They said, Menasim is Hayudim, He Nava Pachat Mordechai Leim. They're afraid to open their mouth because of ter- that works too. <laughs> Let me put it this way. In Iran, in the Middle East, that's as good as you're going to get. If you want a genuine no, Thomas Jefferson, you're not going to get. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, 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 no. Now, in fact, in my opinion, Rabbi Miyamar's Misyadin, Kinofa Pacham Alehim, in my opinion, is here. It means that the people of the Persian Empire made some Jew lovers out of fear. No, no, I don't. I, I'm aware, obviously, of that. But as you know, that's an extremely problematic phrase, which we've discussed in other years. And, uh, and because uh, without... What's that? Yeah, that's, that's one approach. The, the Rashi says, you just declare yourself Jewish, you're Jewish. Right? That's what Rashi says in the, the Gerim Gurim, bottom line being they are Gerim. But I don't, like I said, I don't want to go there. I don't think, because without tangling with that, I, I don't know, I can't prove it. The word Misyahed is like unique. There's only one expression in the whole Tanakh like that. We don't know what the word means, to be perfectly honest. I know what, I know what Hisfael is, and I know what Yehudi is, but we don't really actually know what Misyahadim means. What does it mean, Lehisyahed? You know? It can mean a lot of different things. And the classics are the classic. I think, in the context of what we're talking about today, and I mean this seriously, when it says, Rabbi Me'amar is Misyahadim, ki nafal pachad Mordechai Alehem, means that they now, the people yesterday were in the Nazi party today, or, uh, you know, probably Israel, which did happen in Germany in the 1950s. Some of the guys, like Franz Josef Strasburg, had to be best friends of Israel. It's a, it's a truth. They smuggle weapons to Israel and all that, you know, in the time of Shimon Paris. It's a, it's a fact. You see? So, why ki nofa pachad Mordechai Aleim? Or nofa pachad ha-Yehudim Aleim? So, maybe it means they converted. I'm obviously aware of that. But in the, I think, I get the impression, when I was reading it this year, that um, it means that Misya hate. They, okay, but you want to say that by the way, by the way, it sounds very close to Misya Dave. So I think you could, you could, you know, I'm not sure. You can't be sure, but it sounds like that. You know what I mean? Like like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, those all some of the kids up to the Jews. We say that. Mm-hmm. So the guys yesterday who were planning to take your car, you know, Adam's car today, you know, but they were they were measuring, you know, the, the the backyard and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden today they're saying, you know, can I buy, can I buy, can I buy something? I'm going to some Walmart market anyway. I'm going to Giant anyway, you know, like that. So these now, by the way, if that's true, which is less extreme to say they converted, that's less extreme. Then that's more than Stalin. Then the situation really went like that. It's like the anti-Semite. I mean, that's radical. These events, which by no means necessarily fall from the death of Haman, like Stalin's death. Must have made an unbelievable impression and a high, uh, an unbelievable charge. This was not a negative salvation, but a positive salvation. Not a negative salvation from extermination, but a positive one oh, yeah, yeah. to power and glory, and eventually the building of the Second Temple, if you know the sequence of events. So it really was a, a, a radical change, and it triggered a positive unity. This is the plain meaning of the plain meaning. Don't give me the drushes about filling and all that. Those are midrash. That's fine too. But tell me what it means when it says Mordechai came out of the woodwork and now he's the prime minister and the Jews like this. 
you know, like suppose the Mashiach came tomorrow. You would say, they were on a high. You know? Which we don't really get in Jewish history very often. Right? Usually we're happy enough if Stalin died. That's, that, that, that's usually, you know, that's good enough for us. Correct? You know, if, if, if the people just left the concentration camps and went back to regular, they, you know, that, that's usually as good as it gets. You see? Here, you mentioned, you know, therefore the Jews were like, what does it mean? They were an unbelievable charge high. Such positive unity rap- uh, happens rarely in Jewish history, and therefore they, it's a cherished, cherished memory. But no, I know what you're talking about, and, but now I'm going to throw the fly in the ointment, as was true. No, 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 I'll tell you what I mean. Even in the Six-Day War, I know, of course, exactly what you're talking about. Even in the Six-Day War, but there were some who thought of it as a terrible thing. Like who? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, you can't say it's wrong. <laughs> and and Sandra Goldberg. Chatmer and Sandra Goldberg. You know. I'm going to say you're wrong. Okay. Okay. So, back in the time of Mordechai and Esther, some said Mordechai is right, some said Chacham is right, and Sandra said, you're both right, you know. So you wait, hold it for a minute. But nothing is him. But I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Because, um, as I indicated, uh, what was the major period among the Jews? It was the controversy at that time, whether or not to bow down the Haman. Mordechai had been resented because he didn't follow the majority. For his part, Mordechai claimed he was following a mystical vision. That's the story of the story of two serpents that they're battling each other. By the time it's all over, the Jews will come out triumphant. No, it's in Medeshrabah. It's in the Medeshrabah. It's in the Chazal. That's what I say. That was a surprise to me. For his part, Mordechai claimed he was following a mystical vision of two serpents. This was not convincing reason to prevent a holocaust. No, let me put it this way. A guy says, I'm blowing up, you know, this tomorrow. Why? I had a dream. <laughs> right? Now, we have people like that in Israel. Had Haman, had Haman simply been hanged as a result of Esther's strategy, it would not have been proved that Mordecai was correct. It would just prove that Esther could think on her feet. The other sages would have said, Don't bring us to the brink of destruction and then save us. You get it? Uh, but the fact that Mordecai... And Esther were given Haman's vast fortune, the base Haman, and Mordecai was given the ring, the royal ring, was so extraordinary, it was clearly divine providence. And as such, proved Mordecai right, even though he's in the minority. And thus we see what the Bach meant when he alluded to the two highlights, the two Teshuas, right? One which was giving the base Haman, that's reflected in the Atonus of Yonim, the Avodos Yotzikol, and the other one when, when, when he gave the ring, okay, which he, he, he understands to me, the Benon Lechavero, we see, I contend, the meaning of Hasaras Zabas, which means, not for the first time, God Hasaras Zabas, therefore it doesn't mean when the king took off the ring gave the Haman, the king took off the ring gave the Murchai. That's what I want to uh, suggest this year. Indicating the king's acquiescence, not the first time when he acquiesced in the Holocaust, but rather the second time, when the king gave the ring to Mordechai, which indicated the king was siding with the Jews, an event so extraordinary that it triggered, as I said before, all this positive, unique, thoughts and simply, car and all their business. Not just negative. Achtas and not just chuba. Is that a covenant between Esther and Mordecai? I don't know. Like the ring? I don't know. You can work it out. I mean, I don't mean to be funny. You can work it out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know trouble putting this together. Hold on. I ain't finished. I ain't finished. I ain't finished. I ain't finished. Right? I have 25 more pages. No, I have a page to go. I have a page to go. I have a page to go. An event so extraordinary that it triggered positive unity, not negative. In other words, rarely it triggered Achdus and not Shuvah. See what I said? Achdus, not Shuvah. Not just Shuvah. The reason is that Gemara used the word Hachzir and Lemutov 
didn't say Achdil Lechuva. His Lemutov means that they're in a good matzah, that they were united. Okay? Gedol Hasar Satavas Yimechus Nevim, Kulon Achdil Lemutov, and Hasar Satavas Yimechus Lemutov. As to the we, Hasar Satavas, as opposed to Nesina Satavas, that's the only weak thing. I thought about it, and the only thing I conclude was that this was the moment when it came clear the king was not going to follow Haman's policy. He just because he killed Haman for uh, insulting the king in his mind. Uh, didn't mean he had disapproved of Haman's pogrom, the policy the king might have carried the pogrom out himself. But when he removed the ring from his finger, called attention to creating a new prime minister, a Jewish one, from this moment on, from the second removal of the ring, all the amazing Jewish stuff, pro-Jewish stuff started happening. The Jews gelled into the United Movement to kill the anti-Semites everywhere, because that's what happened the following year. All the Jews, the Nikalu, the whole ear of ear, all Jews got together on a positive program of killing all the KKK. So the anti-Semites were too afraid to fight back. It was a one-day massacre. One-way massacre. So this was basically the dream of Americana. <laughs> okay? The dream of Americana. The, uh, you know, their bullets don't work and ours do. It doesn't get better than that. Uh, now that's positive unity. Now remember, Purim is a bloody business. They were celebrating on the 14th the killings that they did on the 13th. This is why the Christian Martin Luther rejected Esther as being part of the Bible, because they said, well, you know, Jews aren't allowed to rejoice over the killing of the anti-Semites. Uh, I'm serious. The Hamon, now, wait a second. What happened now was remarkable. The Hamon Am, the masses cheered Mordecai, whose triumph, success in the end, retroactively justified his previous conduct, which had been held wrong by many. Ironically, not the Hamon, it was the Chachamim, who still, like Satmer, who were not reconciled to his conduct. They did not see the success in the end as retroactively justifying endangering Kalei from the beginning. It was these sages who prevented the unity from being 100%. The Margolis Ayam, famously, he's a book called Yisoda Mishnah Arachasa, explains that the greatest challenge of that generation, that's the generation of the Anshayi correct? The time work on Anshayi The great challenge of that generation, the great Torah challenge, was disciplining the minority to follow the majority. There was a time in Kali Yisrael where you had something called Sanhedrin, and it went by Rove, and that's the end of it. If they see something as kosher, it's kosher, and no, it's not. Not, you know, each one makes Shabbat for themselves. Once upon a time. And that's the way God set up in the beginning. We have become what we have become, but that's the way he set up in the beginning. But that all depends on... Not the way we have today. Which way was set up in the beginning? That there's one central authority, and, there's, and you go by Rove. Okay? But Rove means the, the minority is willing to follow Rove. That's the point. You understand? In other words, to reestablish Sanhedrin. And the essence of Sanhedrin is a majority rule at all costs. Agree? The essence of Sanhedrin is a majority rule at all costs. This is, this is why the Margosium has a famous word, I can't believe I remember this, that why is 120 people on Shikha Sigdola? It's supposed to be 70. It's supposed to be 70. So they have to make everyone happy. That's right. So he says, we, we'll do anything it takes to get everybody aboard that the whole class will follow them. So you tell me, who are the 70 smartest people? You left me out? You left him out? No, we'll take anybody who shot to the Parsha. You know? We'll take Avi Weiss. We'll take everybody. We really, no, really. We'll take everybody. Because uh, that's my point. You can't do that because then there'll be two groups, yeah? We want a group. Uh, so it, it, 70 didn't do it. It took 120. That's the theory of the Margolis. You know, 120. Meaning that the great challenge of that time from the perspective of the Torah was to make the Torah work was to get Achi Ram Lahatas in a broad range. Now, wait. From the perspective of McGill and Mordechai comes out smelling like Rose. Just hold on. Because he wrote the book. <laughs> he wrote the so. book. He it's, it's another version, right? Wait, he, he wrote that book. 
Says that no. I don't like him. Yeah, right. Wait, hold on for a second. Let me finish. That was, that was the, Let me. Was. Wait a minute. Now, Mordechai was the antithesis of what I just said. He was the individualist. So I'm following my mystical vision. His triumph powerfully weakened the majoritarian principle in favor of the gifted individualist. That's the story. Now, a one-time triumph is nice, like Purim, but it wears off. And for the everyday quotidian long haul, you need institution and discipline. From the majoritarian perspective, the Purim story was negative, to the degree that it validated the dissenter. Remember, this is a culture that excommunicated Blessed and Hercules because he wouldn't go along, came close to excommunicating Rabbi Yeshua, as we know, and all the other stories. And these were great people. They, they all admitted that Blessed and Hercules were great people. That's not the point. That's not the point. Right? Accordingly, Mordechai was condemned not to be, to be not universally liked. There would always be Nixus on Sanhedrin was Poshim Yenu. At the end of the story, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. There would always be mixes on Hendry with Poshim which sounds like they would not sit with him on Sanhedrin. So funny language. Po Reish Mimenu. What, they walked out of when he walked into the room? You know? Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. There would always be mixes on Hendry with which sounds like they wouldn't sit with him on Sanhedrin. These Chacham would oppose the holiday of Purim and the Miguel of Esther. That's what you're talking about. You know them, right? The Mordechai says, sure. they didn't want to do it. Uh, for his part, Mordechai, now this I noticed, Mordechai would try to make peace with them and they get them to celebrate his conduct. So you think Hakrovim means those who live close by, which could mean that, but I think it means Right? A Krovim or a Chokim. No, no. He's sending letters to everybody accordingly. Those are my team. Let's just do it. Those are not on my team. Here's why I think you should do it. Here's why I think you should do it. He used words. He's Mephias. I'm sorry. It won't happen. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it says, Divishon Bemis. It's very interesting. These are the part of Megillah we don't pay attention to. That when Mordecai tries to get instituted in the last chapter or two of the Megillah, he goes to great lengths and eventually he has to use Esther's power to shove it through. You know, Mamar is Terakim, it's called the Reha Mordechaila. Esther said, I'm the queen of Persian. Guys, this is happening, you know. Mamar is Terakim, it's called Tokus. The language is interesting. But anyway, uh, what do I want to say? These are, yeah. They, they wouldn't sit with the Sanhedrin. They would pose the holiday of the poor man to Esther. For his part, Mordechai would write to the Kro Machokim. This verse in chapter 9, but in chapter 10, it's still Ratsi Lerovechav Lecholechav. Didn't work. The Manos HaLevi says specifically, when it says that they were Poshim Yenu, not like Rashi, he left Kolel to go into politics. The Manos HaLevi says, L'vishesom es Kla Yisrael B'Tsar V'Sakhan HaSimah. L'vishesom es Kla Yisrael B'Tsar V'Sakhan HaSimah. They resented the fact that he had put the Jews such a such a, an emotional roller coaster. Even though the end was happy. No, the basic thing is, who gave you the right to do this? against the will of the majority. Who gave you the right to do it? Basically, to my mind, it's like some keeper through God fanatic saying I'm going to blow up the mosque on the Harabais because I have a vision and this will bring the Mashiach. Now go ask that to the Gedolim. <laughs> you understand? Know they said, no, 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 I saw clearly in a vision last night all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's called radical unilaterally. You can get us all killed. You understand? Know now, um, so a lot of times that lady says that that the reason they were Porish Menu, the Sanhedrin, Lefisha Som, Es Yisrael, Besar, Besar, Kona Tzuma. You know 
Well, he can be a, a Kleenex. Or something. Work, but he was wrong. Yeah. Was huh? So their plan worked, but he was wrong to do it. Th- 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 that, that's the mix-up, yeah. What? There's a metaphor I had a dream that it was because of the, uh, the talum of the, and being at the pseudo. I, I think that's in the Gemara they expect. I don't think it's in Mordechai to dream like that. That's Shimon Yochai. They asked him what was the sin that caused it. I don't, I don't think Mordechai had a dream like that. Eventually, anyway, porn became a holiday and Esther became part of the Torah. But the tensions I described explain the basic problem with the story. And I'm coming near the end. If the Jewish people really hit the heights of Kimba Kiblu, if it really was the second improved version of Matan Torah, then why not become a Sheikh Tom in the final Gula? <laughs> okay? We all say that when they got the Ten Commandments the first time, at least for five minutes before they made the golden calf, that was it. And then they screwed up. So what about over here? And it's better. Because there was Baratzon. I mean, by the Jews it was Baratzon. First time it's called from Harkigigis. It was not Baratzon. So everything sounds great. You understand? So, based on my analysis above, you see that each Mount Torah contained a plus, but also contained a minus. But the first time the Torah was given, there was Achtus, but there was no Rosan. The second time on Purim, there was Rosan, but there was no Achtus. In order to get a final Gula, you need both. It's very difficult to get, right? Now, in the light of everything I just said, you're supposed to get drunk on Purim. What's the standard? Baruch Mordechai or Ar Mordechai? Yeah. Ar... Well done. Well done. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Seriously, you hear my point? Baruch Mordechai or Ar Mordechai? Because some people said Ar Mordechai. Okay? Now, that became the touchstone to stand for the drinking. It was a serious question indeed, but the arguments pro and con require silver minds. Silver minds. In conclusion, we see the final goal happened, you need the Russian and the Octus. Uh, that is a uh, tall order. And I leave you with this. I don't have time to develop this out. You work this out. How this ties into the famous statement that the only two holidays that will be left at the end is Yom Kippur and Purim must be connected in some way, but that I leave for you to figure out. Afraid of Purim. Look at that. <laughs> Whoa, baby. <laughs> Make a perfect ending. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.